we are in a series called Frequency, and uh, we, did, we started this two weeks ago, and then uh, last week when we had Mother's Day, how many here for Mother's Day? How many enjoyed Mother's Day? Come on, Miss Tracy, she brought it. She brought the house down, and so we're going to do part two today. Next weekend, though, we're actually going to take another pause because Pastor Obed Martinez will be in the house next weekend. If you've never heard this man, he's phenomenal. He uh, is going to fly all the way from California just to spend time with us. He's preaching all three services next weekend. And then June 3rd, I'll actually wrap up this series in part three. And so let me just tell you what, what you can look forward to. In part three, I'm going to talk about how to determine that what you're hearing is actually God. How many of you have ever wondered that what you're actually hearing in your head, is this God or is this the pizza I ate last night? Which one is this? <laughs> Anybody, anybody in here? Like, is this indigestion or is this the Holy Spirit? I don't know. So, so we're going we're gonna to clear that up. I'm going to give you some filters uh, on how to hear God and how to know that that is God that he's calling you to do. But today, I feel like today's message is really the most personal one out of them all. I'm going to talk to you about why God wants to speak to you, and then I'm going to talk to you about how God speaks to you. So we're going to kind of break this up into two parts. Um, you should have received some notes when you walked in. Did you get some notes? Let me see some notes. Wave some notes at me. All right. Get my preach on. Just wave it at me. Just say, let's go. Preach it, boy. Get it. You can, it don't matter. You can stand up and be like, mm-hmm, or you can just look at the person next to you and go, that was for you. Okay, so it doesn't matter. You just, I just want you to participate with me. The more you amen me, the faster I go. And so, okay, a jambalaya, jambalaya smelling good. So uh, we're going we're gonna to dive right in. Let's go to our theme verse real quick. Here we go. Theme verse uh, is in John chapter 10, verse 3. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he's brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Look at the next verse, and it says this. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So this is Jesus giving us a parable of really what he is, that he is the chief shepherd. He is a great shepherd. We are his sheep. And that we as his people and as his sheep have the ability to hear his voice and follow his voice. In week one, we talked about it's not so much that God has a speaking problem as much as we have a listening problem. That we're just not listening to what he's saying. I pulled out a big old uh, transmitter radio and we talked about how we tune into frequencies and, and uh, that that is always being transmitted, but we're not tuned into it. So that was week one. You can go back and watch that if you want to. And uh, just talked about how we need to posture our hearts in a way to receive what God has to say and that he is speaking to us. Today we're talking about why God speaks. And I don't know about you, in today's culture, you can see one thing and hear one thing, and two people can hear the exact same thing and hear two totally different things. It happens all the time around him. It, it actually, honestly, here's the question that I really ask, is it Yanni or Laurel? Oh, uh, you didn't think I was going to actually miss a chance to talk about this, did you? How many think it's Yanny? Raise your hand if you think it's Yanny. All right. How many think it's Laurel? Raise your hand if you think it's Laurel. Let's hear it. Okay, let's see. Let's see if we can actually hear Laurel. this. Laurel. Laurel. Who hears Yanny? Who hears Yanny? Laurel. Raise your hand. Seriously? Laurel. Who hears Laurel. Laurel? Raise your hand. You and Jesus are right. It is Laurel. Come on. It is actually Laurel, by the way, just so you know. It's so crazy. Lindsay showed that to me the other day. I was like, oh, my God, what have we come to first off as a generation? Um, is it blue dress? Is it white dress? Is it Yanny? Is it Laurel? I don't care. But anyways, um, how many of you know, though, you can be listening to the exact same thing and two people hear two totally different things? Man, I can preach with Yanny and Laurel. Okay, so... Lindsay showed it to me. She's like, it's saying Yanny. All I hear is Yanny. I'm like, I hear no Yanny. It's Laurel. Um, I just, man, I'm glad I was right. And so um, <laughs> she's like, you're cut off. And so, um, all right. So I, I want to give you some notes. If you got some notes, let's take some notes real quick here uh, on why God speaks to us. Because God is speaking. Oftentimes we're hearing two different things. But God is speaking and he's saying something. So if you're taking notes, the first thing is, is that God speaks to facilitate friendship. One of the reasons that God speaks to you is because he just wants, he loves being with his friends, his children, people he loves the most. And God so loves you. This is what scripture says, Exodus 33, 11, that the Lord would speak to Moses. How would he speak to him? Face to face. As one who speaks to what? A friend. Speaks to a friend. 
that just as, as God spoke to Moses, just as a friend, the exact same way God wants to speak to you, just as a friend. I love what Dallas Willard said. Uh, I'm going to just read this quote to you. He said this, if God doesn't speak today, which by the way, there are a lot of religions and institutions out there that would say that God no longer speaks, that he spoke before the Bible, he spoke the Bible into existence, and then after the Bible is written, he got laryngitis. The problem with that is, I love what Dallas Willard says, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do is to tell people that they could have a personal relationship with God. How, how bad would that be for us to sit here and say, God wants to have a relationship with you, but he won't talk to you. He will. How many of you are glad we serve a speaking God? He does talk. And, and oftentimes, one of the ways that you find out people's relationship with God is, is by how they pray. I get... Uh, Seldomly, but I'll get invited to, Lindsay and I and our boys will get invited to other people's houses to eat dinner, which just letting you know that's still out there anytime somebody wants to invite me. Um, we eat for free. And so, um, but oftentimes when we get to the part where we're about to eat and we're like, oh, we need to pray. And of course, Pastor Josh, would you like to pray for us? No, it's your house. You pray. I'm not a professional prayer. I mean, what's going on? I don't know, I got pastor by my name and they think I should be the one that prays. And so I'm always like, no, you pray. And it's funny because when you listen to people pray, you find out a lot about how they view God by how they pray. Because, you know, if they start going, bow thou head. <laughs> Dearest Father, we come as your humble servants. Will thou goest before us. Bless us the food that has been provided by your mighty gracious hand. I mean, it's like, what? Is it King James? What's going on here? I mean, no, God's not English, okay? So, but you, you, you see how people respond to God a lot of times by their prayers. Uh, they, they, they view God, God, please, I just need you. God, show up. Like, they got to, like, beg God. But, I mean, no, God's a good God. He's a good father. He's a good friend. He wants to bless you. By the way, you don't have to beg for something you already got. Amen. I will get my preach on on that one, too. But you've already got a lot of things. You, I, I think we pray for a lot of things. God's already like, you already got it. Stop praying about it. Just get it. And so God wants you to be his friend. And so he will speak to you to facilitate this friendship. It's not a question of if he wants to be your friend. It's do you want to be his? And so we got we to gotta, we gotta listen in. Here's, here's number two. God often will speak to us to give us guidance. To give us guidance. <clears throat> Look what this verse says. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6 says, listen for God's voice. All right, everybody help me out with these green words. In Everything you do, everywhere you go. And now watch this. He's the one. I love this. He's the one who will what? Keep you on track. Hey, how many know he does a much better job of this than you do? Hey, and do you know that God has the ability to see things ahead before you do? So a couple of weeks ago, um, actually about two weeks before I went to South Africa, I went to South Africa in April, and about two weeks before, we, I was sitting around with the two guys that I went with, and we were talking about different things, and they were talking about how they just got their passports in, and I was like, oh, man, I need to go check my passport to just go look. So I had Lindsay, I, I said, Lindsay, I called her, I said, can you go and check my passport? I just want to see how much time I got left on it. She called me back, and she says, it's expired. I'm like, I'm supposed to be in South Africa in two weeks. So we call, ended up calling uh, the New Orleans office, and they were like, don't worry about it. Just show up. We, we, we plan for stupid people like you. Um, <laughs> they didn't say that, but that's what I felt like. And so they said, just show up. We'll get you, we'll get you taken care of. So I drove to New Orleans all by myself, got there. Uh, you know, it took three hours to get there, went through the whole process, got my, got my um, passport, and I'm driving back. Now, when I drive, especially long distance, I love using an app called Waze. Anybody use Waze? All right. And I love Waze for a number of reasons. One, it'll always tell you what's coming up with uh, blockages. It always tells you when there's traffic. But one of the greatest things about Waze is it lets you know where there's cops. <laughs> Everybody in here that speeds has the app. They're all like, I know. I just, I, it's like copping 300 feet and he's just honking. <laughs> Not today. <clears throat> Well, so I'm driving back from New Orleans, and, and, you know, on it, it tells you, 
you know, how far you got to go, and then it tells you, you know, your estimated time of arrival, and it's got all that, and it's computing, and, and so all of a sudden, Waze says, traffic ahead, detour to 190, and I'm like, oh, God, 190, I don't want to go 190, I want to go 10, Basin Bridge, I want to get home, and, and, and Waze keeps saying, detour now for 190, and I was like, Forget you, Waze. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, y'all know where this is going. What told me at originally that I should be home for 3 o'clock because I left at 12, I ended up getting home at 8.30. Because there was two wrecks on the Basin Bridge that I sat in for four hours. All because I thought I knew better than this app. And how many know... That that is the exact same way we treat God. God says, well, detour ahead. You need to make sure you go this way. I don't know if it was because it was a woman telling me something to do. And I said, no. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. So anyway, why is Siri and Waze always a woman? I don't know what that is. Okay, anyway, so they, I, but I was like, no, I'm doing it my way. Well, I got my way five hours later. And a lot of us, if we would be very honest God says, here, you need to make a detour here. Don't go that way. And we go, ah, I got that. I can do that. And by the way, we eventually get to our destinations, but it might be 10 years later. Or 10 months later. Are y'all with me? And so we've got to listen because God wants to give us guidance. He's always wanting to give us, which by the way, every time God's wanting to give you guidance, oftentimes you don't like it because you want to go the way you wanted to go. So he says, detour here. And you're like, I want to go this way. And he says, no, this way. And you're like, no, this way. And he's like, no, this way. And you, you're like having these debates with God. And I'm going to tell you, most of the time God's talking to you. He's telling you something usually different than what you want to do. Which, by the way, if the God that you serve always agrees with you, you're not serving God. You're serving you. And so, so oftentimes God will derail or detour what you think you should do because how do you know he's got a better way? He'll get you there faster. This is what he does. He, he will detour. So he's trying to give us guidance. He sees things from the beginning to the end. Here's number three. God speaks to provide perspective. To provide perspective. Now how do you know not everything that you see right now in the natural is everything that's going on? I'll say that because that like sailed over about 95% of y'all. Everything that you see that's going on right now is not everything that's going on. Amen. There is another dimension that you and I are a part of that is a spiritual supernatural dimension that is also running alongside this physical dimension. So there's a part that you see. We are body, soul, and spirits. So there's actually a spiritual side. How many of you believe that there is a God? Raise your hand. How many of you believe in angels? How many believe there's a real Satan and real demons? Do you see them? Don't point, okay? All right, so. <laughs> Do not point. <clears throat> so those things exist, but you don't see them. But that world is honestly just as real as this world, if not more, because this one will pass away. So oftentimes when God is speaking to us, He's speaking to try to provide us perspective to see something greater than we see right there in the moment. Because all we see is this right here. All I see is the report that was given to me that I have cancer, but you don't see behind the scenes you got a God who's a healer that can do anything. Are y'all with me here? What I see is I lost my job, but what I don't realize is that God's been working to provide for me another job that I didn't know that he was setting up for me. Y'all see, there's a whole nother realm that's happening you, you, thought, you got in a wreck and you thought it was bad, but you didn't know there was about 10 angels trying to guard your old fast butt that actually saved you from actually killing yourself. Amen. I think we're going to get to heaven and there will be a couple angels that will pimp slap us and go, what were you doing? You know how hard I had to work? So this is, there's a natural and then there's a spiritual realm. And oftentimes when it comes to when God speaks to us, we, we want God and his presence to come and fix our problems. God's wanting to come and fix our perspective. Amen. 
See, because the reason he's wanting to fix your perspective is because he might not be, he might actually be using those problems. So now he wants to give you a way to see those problems in a way that's not destructive, but actually helpful. How many would be honest and say, now that maybe you're a couple months or a couple years out from something that seemed terrible, now that you look back and you look again, you say, that was actually God. Anybody in here? Yeah, you were like, no, God, please stop. I want out. And now you're years later and you're like, thank you, God, for not listening to me. Appreciate that. Right? Because God gives perspective. And so oftentimes he's speaking and he's speaking and he's speaking because he's trying to speak in a way that we can step out of it, not zoom into it, but zoom out and see something a lot bigger. This is what scripture says. Let's go to scripture. It says, faith comes for we walk by Faith, not by sight. And oftentimes we think that the opposite of faith is doubt, but the truth is the opposite of faith is actually sight. That we feel like the only way that I can have faith is if I see it. Wasn't that doubting Thomas? Well, I don't believe that Jesus is alive. I've got I've to see him. I need to touch him. I need to touch the hands. But how many of you know following Jesus is more of this than it is this? It's a lot of faith stepping out and trusting It reminds me of of a story that I had had heard. Uh, The Wisconsin Badgers football team, the college collegiate football team, was playing a game against a team. I don't remember who they were playing, but they were getting stomped. I mean, just getting beat bad. And, um, And it was weird because every time they did a play that wasn't good, like they would fumble or something would happen, their home crowd was cheering they're like, what in the world's going on? Other team scores a touchdown, their crowd's cheering. They're like, what in the world? And this happened all throughout the game. Come to find out at the end of the game, they found out that there was a Milwaukee Brewers game going on exactly at the same time. And people in the crowd were listening to it on headphones and cheering for the runs of the Milwaukee Brewers, but watching their team get beat. So they were sitting there watching defeat, but listening to victory at the same time. Which I was thinking about, that's actually what it is to be a Christian. That oftentimes we'll look at things in front of us that looks like defeat, but we'll hear from the Lord that we are victorious, that we win in the end, that everything, y'all with me? So <laughs> you've got to have the ability to put listening ahead of looking. Your life will be miserable if, if, if your faith is consistent with only the things that you see in front of you. Because it will not match up. Because you'll come here and you'll hear us sing a song about you're good and you're good. Oh. And then you'll walk out of here and your marriage is a wreck. And you lost your job. Or you got a diagnosis that you don't, didn't want to receive. And you're like, I don't see how I can hear this. And then yet I see this. And it looks like they clash with one another. It's because we live by faith. And what you see in front of you is not all that's right there. God is working even while we're waiting. So God is wanting to communicate to us his perspective. Which, by the way, can I just say this in regards to what happened just this past week in Santa Fe? How many know that's of the devil? That whole shooting and all that stuff. The fact that we've had 22 school shootings this year in the United States. How many know that is the devil? And yet again, how many believe that God can still work in the midst of all that and do great things even in the midst of tragedy? Amen. So listen, we stand up against that and against injustice. How many know racism is of the devil, all right? This is of the devil. And so we're going to stand up and take a stand against those things. It's what we see in front of us, but yet God is doing something bigger than us. He's doing something in the supernatural. Okay. Are we, we all on the same page? We good? All right, so God is speaking to facilitate friendships. He is speaking to give us wisdom and guidance. He is speaking to give us perspective. So we know why God is speaking, but how is God speaking? Now, listen, I, I, I could sit here and list a ton in the Bible, and he uses people, and through his spirit, and through your conscience. And I mean, there's, you go through scripture, you see all these different ways that God has spoken to us. And uh, actually, I wrote a lot of those out, and it was a great message. You're just not going to hear it. Because I feel like, honestly, more than anything, I wanted to hone in on one major way that God speaks to us. It's a way that I think 95% of the time he's speaking. So I'd like to just put more emphasis there. And I want to start by, by sharing a story of where you really see this. It's the story of Elijah. He's on the run. He just conquered the prophets of Baal. 
and he's on the run for his life from Jezebel. She's after him to kill him. He's hiding in a cave, and God finds him and speaks to him in this cave. And this is what God says. The Lord says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, because the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was what? Was not in the wind. Now watch this, and we'll keep going to the next one. So after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was what? It's not in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord what? Was not in the fire. Which, by the way, this is earth, wind, and fire. Don't laugh at that. That's cheesy. All right. Here we go. Dadoosh. And after the fire, watch this, came a what? A gentle whisper. Depending on what translation you have, what kind of Bible, other translations would say a still, small voice or a gentle whisper. I, I would bet, if I was a betting man, that 95% of the time, this is how God speaks to us, is this way. A gentle whisper. I think we have bought into the belief that when God wants to get our attentions, he yells at us. And he uses a big megaphone and, hey, Judah, I need to talk to you. And that's how dad does. But that's not how God does. God, most of the time, is actually whispering to us. And he's trying to get us to tune in. How many know we're filled with voices and noises all around us? So oftentimes he's just whispering to us. He's trying to get us to say something. My, uh, my middle Judah, who's sitting right here so I can talk about him because he's in front of me, is the quietest. And of all my boys, he's the quietest. And all the time I'm telling him, Judah, speak up. Judah, speak up. Dad, let's go to McDonald's. Where do you want to, Judah, speak up. Dad, let's go to McDonald's. Where do you want to go? Burger King. I want to go to McDonald's. He's always talking, like, always, he's always, and that's just his normal voice. He's not trying to whisper, that's like his normal voice. So I've got to like turn down all of the, you know, turn off the DVD player, turn off the music, got to turn off the AC. What'd you say back there? I mean, any minivan people got that frustration? What'd you say back there? Uh, Someone else go to McDonald's. Okay, all right. I got, they got like relay messages from one boy to the next. He wants to go to McDonald's, dad. Okay. I can't hear. So I've got to learn it's not that he's not speaking. I've got to learn to tune out everything else so I can tune into what he is saying. And so I think God's that way. We want God to speak up and God's going, well, let's just shut this stuff down for a little bit and come spend some time. Let me, let me talk to you. He's want to whisper some things. So what does God want to whisper to you? Four things. Ready? Number one, I think God is always whispering encouragement. He's always whispering encouragement. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 says, The Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our heart and tells us, now look what he tells us, that we are God's what? We're God's children. I believe, listen to me, I believe that God is whispering encouragement to you all day, every day, all the time. Here's why. Here's why I believe that. Because I also know that the enemy is whispering lies to you all day, every day, all the time. Right? How many know you wake up every morning, you start hearing all the lies that come in? You're not this, you're not a good mother, you're not a good this, you're not a good provider, God's not going to do this. And you're... So I think God is honestly on the other side trying to whisper encouragement to us as well. He's always trying to speak to us. Now, just for analogy's sake, let's imagine I'm God. I don't believe I am, but let's say I, I am. I'm, I'm acting as God. I'm big, super strong. Okay, so, uh, and I want you to imagine, imagine like a little black dot on this stage is our solar system. Now, I can't yell because I would just blow everything away. But inside of that solar system is all the planets. One of them is Earth. Inside of that Earth is six billion people. Within those six billion people, there's you. And God wants to talk to you. Do you, you want, I, I just, this is how I've, I'm always visual. This is how I, I think, every day I think God is, hey, I love you. 
hey, don't worry about that guy. He's a jerk. Get rid of him. You're more valuable than that. Hey, don't worry about money. I got you covered. Hey, don't worry about what those people think about you. You're my favorite. <laughs> Not the person next to you. You're my favorite. <laughs> I got you. I favor you. You're called. I got a purpose for you. I love you. I'm proud of you. Keep taking steps. Keep growing. Amen. Let me know that's what he's doing. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Which, by the way, the favorite was for me. Just one of the gentlemen. But how many know that's what, I think God's doing that all the time. Yeah. Any of y'all heard that before? Yeah. He's hearing it. But because we have these two things opposed at one another, we have the lies that the enemy's speaking constantly, and we have the encouragement of God speaking the truth is we just let one be louder than the other. I'm just encouraging you today to turn this volume up and turn this one down. By the way, the way you turn this one down is just to listen to this one more. I'm a child of God. I'm a man of God. God's got the, y'all with me? Okay. So God is constantly speaking encouragement. Watch. Here's how I know this. Watch. Isaiah 55, 3. Pay attention. Come close. It speaks of whisper. Listen carefully. You don't have to listen carefully if somebody's shouting at you. But you do if somebody's whispering at you. Now watch. This is what God's whispering. I'm whispering life-giving, life-nourishing words. Not condemning. I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking down at you. I'm not yelling at you. And by the way, a lot of people think God is like, that God's mad at me. No, no, no. He's, he's speaking life-giving, life-encouraging, life-nourishing words. And I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you. This is what God does. So you know what our job is? Ready? Everybody look at me. Ready? Here's our job. Everybody put your hand by your ear. Put your hand by your ear. Hey, husbands, point this to your wife so she could see it too. All right. <laughs> hey, that's, that's our job. His job's to speak. Our job is to listen. Hey, so let me give you three things. Ready? I'm going to give you three things I believe God is whispering always to us. Ready? Here's number one. This is the first thing he's whispering to us. You are my child. I think every day, all day, God is always whispering to you, you're mine. You're mine. You're my child. You're my child. And I want you to listen to me, 1115. Listen to me very closely. God knows what you did last night, and he's not kicking you out of the family. God knows what you did this week, and you're still his. You're still his. You are his child. You're mine. I tell that to my boys all the time. I don't care what you do, and I don't care how far you go, and I don't care how mad you make me. You are still my son. Now, you may see Jesus quicker, but you are still my son. Watch, number two, I love you. I think he's constantly whispering, I love you. I love you. I love you. And nowadays with so much rejection that's going on and so many people that's speaking other things against you, I think God's just always wanting you to know you are so loved. You are so loved. And number three, I'm proud of you. Can I tell you, I, I, I grew up in a home where my dad, the only time he told me this is when I did something good. The only time he, he, he told me this was when I accomplished something, when I did well in sports, when I did good in my grades, my dad would tell me this. So you know what that, that made me start doing? Realizing that if the only way that I was going to get this was I had to perform. You know what the problem with that was though? I carried that over into my relationship with God. And I felt like the only time that God ever felt this way of me was when I was performing for him. That when I blew it and I failed, or I sinned, or I did something I shouldn't do, then all of this was wiped away, and I had to re-earn it. But how many of you good and know today that God does this? And here's why I know God says this, because he said this over his own son. 
When John the Baptist raised Jesus out of the water before Jesus ever performed a miracle, before he ever raised anybody from the dead, before he ever walked on water, before he ever fed people, before he ever loved people, before he ever did any ministry, John the Baptist raises Jesus out of the water. The Bible says that the heavens part open and the Father says, this is my son in who I am well pleased. So he was saying, I love Jesus not because he's about to save the world. I love Jesus because he's mine. And how many know he's saying that over you right now? Which, by the way, parents, grandparents, our kids need to hear these three words all the time from us. All the time from us. Not based off of when they're doing good. How many know they need to hear these when they're doing bad? Hey, yeah, I'm disappointed with you, but I'm still here for you. I still love you. You're still my son. We're going to walk through this. We're going to do this together. All right, so that's encouragement. Number two, he whispers warnings. He whispers warnings. Now, I'm going to teach you a little Christianese. Now, Christianese is, for all those that are in here that have been in church for any duration of time, Christianese is the words that Christians use that other people are like, what in the world? Okay, so we're going to, I'm going to tell you what this word is, and I'm going to translate it for you, because Christianese needs translations. Um, there's a whole list of them. I could give you a whole dictionary on them, but I'm not. I'm just going to give you one today. And this is when you hear somebody said, I had a check in my spirit. What kind of check? You need to get that thing out. I mean, so, <laughs> checking your spirit, did it bounce? I mean, didn't, no, I'm joking. Anyway, so, <clears throat> so when someone says that, I had a check in my spirit, what they actually meant was, I was about to go do something, and God said, yeah, don't do that. That's, that's, that's trans, that's, that is the modern translation right there. I was about to go do something, and God said, don't, stop, quit. Any of y'all had those, by the way? Anybody have these? Yeah, and God is always constantly, look, we see this actually in Scripture when he does this. Acts chapter 16, verse 7 says, they were forbidden by who? The Holy so the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 don't. Well, they, were they going to go do something bad? No, actually, they were going to go preach the word in Asia. But the Holy Spirit said, nope, don't do that. Time out. Quit. After they had come to Mycenae, they, tra uh, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. I'm going to tell you, this happens probably to us all the time, where you're about to do something, and the Holy Spirit's like, Aah! anybody said something bad to you, like on social media or something, and you're like, reply, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to tell them, and the Holy Spirit's like, don't do that. And you're like, no, somebody needs to tell them something, <laughs> right? And you feel like you've got to, like, I need to defend God, you know? I feel like the Holy Spirit has put me on the earth to be the social media defender, you know? I need to... And we can oftentimes, I remember years back, I had, was, was resharing stories of like people in our church and, and what God was doing in these people, and, and they were talking about how they loved our church, and someone responded, someone responded, I'm glad they love your church, but do they love Jesus? <laughs> Reply? <laughs> And I, man, I had a good response too. I mean, it's really good. And right before I put that, push that arrow button, the Holy Spirit said, don't do that. And I was thinking, but somebody needs to set this guy straight. These people do love Jesus. And he said, you don't have to defend me. <laughs> and I, I erased it. And I didn't do anything. Well, I take that back. I blocked him. Um, <laughs> 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 Get that negativity out of here. I don't need that. I might not diss you, but I block you. All right, so come on, somebody. Anybody use the block button? Come on. Oh, if I don't respond to you, maybe. I don't know. So, all right. Uh, so, but God's, uh, don't. Mm. So here's the three things God will, will warn you. Ready? Three things that God's going to say if you want to just add these are extra notes. Don't do it. Don't do it. Who's heard this one before? Don't say it. Don't retweet it. Don't respond to it. Girl asking you for your number, don't give it. Don't. She's crazy. She's crazy. Don't. Okay. Or maybe, hey, this is more serious though. Maybe you're married and you're flirting with someone that's not your spouse. Don't do it. And by the way, I could sit down and, and, and have you personally interview a number of people who have done that and would tell you otherwise. See, because sin will only let you see what is now and what is pleasurable. It won't see you later in the destruction. 
So don't do it. Don't do it. Number two, in the secret. Listen, I know in a church our size with this many people, it's so easy to come in here and go, man, how you doing? Oh, blessed and highly favored. Mm, seriously. Okay. All right. Every week they do that. Blessed and highly favored. I'm like, you are either perfect or you're pretending. Because nobody's blessed and highly favored every week. Sometimes I am in debt and not feeling good. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm depressed and hate my wife. All right. <laughs> Okay, all right, now we can start somewhere. Let's go. And I'm going to tell you, is this not the truth? People, church people know how to put on the church mask. Hey, by the way, you are jacked up. Jesus already said it on the cross. So just come in and be yourself and let Jesus heal you. Amen. So in the secret, in the secret, just, hey, listen, you don't got to tell everybody, but you better tell somebody. So if you got a secret that nobody knows about, not everybody needs to know about it, but somebody better know about it so they can pray and help and be there. All right, number three, get help. Get help. I think God is always whispering for those that are stuck. You're stuck, and you say, oh, I can do this. I got this. I don't need people. It's those weak people who need people. No. It's the stupid people who think they don't need people. You need people, and you need to get help. Maybe it's time for you to go to that rehab. Maybe it's time for you to get into a life group and get honest with people. Maybe it's time for you just to go to your spouse and go, I need help. I don't know what it is. By the way, it's not weak people that get help. It's proud people that don't. Get it if you need it. Amen? Okay. All right. Number three. Uh, actually, let me, let me, let me share this uh, C.S. Lewis quote. Oh, I got to hurry. All right. C.S. Lewis says, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to arouse the deaf world. How many know God 95% of the time is whispering to you? When you won't listen to his whispers, he'll start speaking to you. And when you don't listen to his speaking to you, he will shout. But he won't shout by going, hey! He'll shout by letting you go through what you thought you wanted and you realize that that's not really what you wanted. Now you got all the pain and the consequences that come attached to it and you're like, maybe God was speaking to me. Y'all with him? So, God uses, he, he will shout to us, but he'll uh, usually allow us, well, okay, I, I'm, that's, I'm preaching the next one. I can't do that. Okay. So Isaiah 30 verse 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you. And it is saying, this is the way. Walk in it. That's God. He's speaking. He's whispering. Go this way. Go this way. That's the ways. Take 190. No, no. Take 190. Number three, he whispers direction. So he whispers encouragement, he whispers warnings, he whispers directions. Which, by the way, if you want God's direction, just invite him in the process. The only reason God's not giving you directions is because you're not inviting him into it. You've got a big decision that you've got to make. Do I marry her? Do I not marry her? Do I take this job? Do I not take this job? Do we buy this house? Do we not buy this house? Do we buy this car? Do we buy this thing? Do we, how do we respond in this moment? Just invite God into the moment. God, I don't know what to do. I need wisdom here. God will, the Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. God will speak through other people. He'll put people around you that can help you. This is what God does. He wants to give direction to you. I remember when Lindsay and I had to make the decision, the doctors four years ago said, all right, Joel's not doing well in this season. You're going to have to get a double lung transplant or you're going to have to go medicinally. You choose. What? I've got to make the decision for my son who can't make the decision for himself? And, and by the way, the decision that you make will either continue his life or end it. Good luck. And I remember us being in bed at night crying and praying and crying and praying and crying and praying and going, God, what do we do? So we went through all the avenues that we could met, uh, medically. We met with the doctors and we did the transplant uh, consultations. And, and we just came down to the end where we we're just like, God, you just... We need your peace. And honestly, at the end of the day, we just followed his peace, which we felt like it, that wasn't the way we were supposed to go, even though all the, all the doctors were pushing for that. We said, we just feel like God's a healer. God's going to begin to do something great. I don't think we need to go that way. And uh, one month from today in June, we will be getting his pump off, everybody. Come on, somebody. Come on. So, so we made the right one. Um, thankfully, but I, I can tell you, I, I haven't always made the right one. 
Uh, for every right one I've made, I've made a thousand wrong ones. Yeah. But God is always wanting to give us direction. I love, look, look what it says in uh, Luke 2, 27. He was moved by the Spirit. This is talking about Simeon. When he was moved by the Spirit to go into the temple courts and he prayed for Jesus. Acts 20, And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Wow. The Spirit of God said, I want you to go to Jerusalem. What's going to happen to me there? I don't know. Which, by the way, how many know that that's how God works? Hey, go talk to that person. Well, how's it going to go? I don't know. Just go do it. That's what, isn't that what he tells Abraham? Abraham, pick up all your stuff, all your people, all your money, all your animals, and go. Where? Yes. Yes, where? Yes. Now, where? Now. Okay, can, can you, like, give me a destination so I can put it in ways? I need to make sure there's no cops on the way. Um, so... <laughs> No, he's like, no, just go. Which, by the way, a lot of following Jesus is just take that step. I don't know what's going to be on the other side of that step. You don't need to. Do you trust me? That's what walking by faith, by the way, actually means. So here's the question. Have you been taking steps of faith? Because I think what we're going to regret at the end of our life is not the fact of the, the mistakes that we made. I think that we're going to regret at the end of our life the steps that we wish we would have taken. The things that God was saying, go try this. And you're like, oh, I'm too scared. And he says, go do that. So let me give you the three things that I think God is whispering to us when it comes to direction. Number one, slow down. Slow down. God's been telling me this for a long time. And the Holy Spirit through Lindsay. <laughs> and so I have to learn to slow down, say no, do different things. And, and maybe you're a workaholic. Maybe you're just at a fast pace and God's telling you the same thing. You need to slow down. Then there's other of you that God is telling you this. He's telling you to do it now because you've been dragging your feet for so long. And God's like, come on, let's go now. Let's go now. Do it now. And, and you've been like, I don't know if I should. I don't know. You keep going back and forth. You can't make a decision. God said, I'm going to make the decision for you just now. Just go. And the last one is that you need to take the step. Take your next step. I believe God's always telling us this one, by the way, because there's always a next step that you and I need to take. There's, everybody in this room has a next step. In your walk with God, you've got a next step, some kind of step, which, by the way, I feel like my job as the pastor of this church is to help you identify what your next step is and then encourage you to take it. I feel like I'm a tour guide. I really, that's what I feel like. Um, I, I would rather do a tour guide than really even a, a preacher because I feel like preaching may make you leave this place feeling encouraged and yeah, that was great and inspired, but it doesn't help you. Taking the next step actually helps you. So I want to help you take the next one. Maybe it's to give your heart to the Lord. Maybe it's to get baptized. Maybe it's actually to commit to a church and get planted in the house of a church. Go through our next step and get in. Maybe it's to get on a dream team and get beyond yourself. Maybe it's to get into a life group and just start sharing your life with other people because you've been isolated and all alone for so long. I don't know what it is, but God's got a step for you. You need to identify it. We'll help you identify it. I promise you, that's what we're here for. And then we want to help you take steps along the way. How many of you have taken the one-year challenge and gone all in? Anybody in here? How many say it was the best decision you ever made? Yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to lead you anywhere else than God's greatest for you. I promise you. I promise we want what's God's best for you. Take that next step. Number four, we're done. He whispers dreams. Dreams. I love how God puts dreams in people's hearts. 18 years ago, God put a dream in Pastor Jacob's heart for there to be a church in Jennings. Just happened to find two willing people named Bubba and Tracy that were willing to make the journey and come and plant this church. How many are thankful that Pastor Bubba, Pastor Tracy, and Pastor Jacob made that dream? Amen. God's given, I love serving underneath Pastor Bubba because God's given him a lot of dreams. I feel like my job is just to help him continue to fulfill his dreams. He feels like God's called us as a church to plant 10 churches. We've planted three. We got seven more to go. We got a lot more churches to plant, but I'm excited about it because it's way bigger than we can do. At the end of it, we'll say it was all God because we're not that smart. We don't have that much money, but God will provide. He always provides for the dreams that he puts in people's heart. God's always given me a dream, even from a young age, that, our, that any church that I pastor would be a church that looks like heaven. I hated going to a white church, to be honest with you. I wanted to go to the black church more than the white church, because I like them. They're more fun than the white people. Y'all just look at me. Black people talk to me. Come on, somebody. All right, so. 
White people after the message, like, that was a good message. Black people will tell you during the message, that's a great message. So, but how do you know when we get to heaven, it's, gonna, it's not going to be white heaven. It's going to be white heaven, black heaven, some Mexicans will be there, uh, Chinese, all nations, all people. Come on, how many of you serve an all God, all people? I think our church should look like it. It's just been a passion of mine. If you, and listen, by the way, if you don't like black people, you're not going to like our church. And if you don't like any, you know, if you don't like people different than you, you're not going to like our church. Because it's not only a race thing, it's also age thing. I want to see young and old worshiping together. I want to see rich and poor worshiping together on the same, in the same aisle, looking at the same thing. Come on, this is what God has called us to build as a house. And so God has given me dreams. But I can, I, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. God hasn't given me a ton of dreams. I can't say that I've, he's spoken to me a lot. Most of my dreams, I'm like Jason Bourne running from somebody who's trying to kill me or I'm naked. I mean, it's just weird. <laughs> weird stuff. I had one dream. I had one dream one time where I was during the week, it was years back, and I was going to have to fire somebody. Uh, and, and I was just dreading it. And I woke up in the middle of my dream. I sat up. I don't remember doing this, but I sat up and I looked over at Lindsay and I said, you're fired. And I went back to bed. I woke up the next morning. Lindsay was like, you fired me last night. I was like, you're hired. <laughs> we can't lose you. Uh, there's one time when, any, any of y'all in here, uh, any mamas in here, you know how do you get sleep deprived when you got a baby? Y'all know those days? Some of you are, are asleep right now. It's okay. Let them, let those mamas sleep, okay? Let them sleep. I woke up, I woke up to one middle of the night, Lindsay was rocking my leg. I was like, what is going on? And she just, she just was like, I think she tried to play it off. And the next morning, I was like, do you know you rocked my leg last night? I mean, if you wanted me, you could have just told me. I was like, anyways. <laughs> and uh, so we, we got crazy dreams. I got a lot more. You just have to meet me after fun day. I'll tell you a lot more of crazy ones I've had. But uh, I believe God does speak through dreams. And here's why I know, because scripture says it. Watch, we're done. For God speaks again and again. He speaks in dreams, dreams in visions of the night. So God is speaking. He's speaking in dreams. Uh, the next verse, let me show you what this next one says. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out the Spirit on all people. I love this. How many believe God's pouring out His Spirit on people right now? Yes. Lake Arthur, Welsh, Mermintown, Morris, Gadon, Jennings, all over. He's pouring out His Spirit on all people. And your sons and daughters are going to prophesy, and your young men are going to see visions, and your old men are going to dream dreams. This is what he says. Okay, so how do we end this? Well, I believe we've got to have, like we said in week one, a posture of hearing from the Lord. I want to hear from God. And I love what the last verse, uh, it's 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 9, says this, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. How many know that is a great verse? And that's a great prayer. God, speak for your servant's listening. So here's your last two blanks because I know you're wanting them because you cannot be complete until you get these two words. I'm open to hear and eager to respond. That's our prayer. That's our prayer. I'm open to hear and eager to respond. All right. Don't, don't do a lot of binder stuff right now. Just, just kind of hold your stuff because this is the most important part of the service. How we respond to a message like this determines on how fruitful this message is. You can easily walk out these doors and just jump right into family fun day mode, which we will soon. Or we can sit just for a minute and just in the midst of maybe a bit of quietness in your week, because I know if you're a mom or you're a working mom or dad or whatever, or you got kids or whatever, your, your life's pretty loud and pretty crazy and pretty hectic. I know maybe church is your only reprieve. Because I know y'all skip to drop your kids at church. Come on, let's go. Love you. <laughs> then y'all hang out in here for like an hour. <laughs> so with that being said, I want us to close your eyes. We're not doing anything weird or spooky. But I just for this moment, I just want us to ask, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking? Because he's whispering right now. Right now as I'm talking, he's whispering. Maybe he's whispering encouragement. I love you. I'm proud of you. Maybe he's whispering direction. 
Start something. Take a step. Slow down. Maybe he's whispering warnings. Don't do that. It's time to end the secret. Let's get some help. I don't know, but I know he's whispering. So Holy Spirit, right now in this moment, speak. Speak to every person in this room. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you that you're so good. We don't deserve it. But God, we're your children and you love us. And you want to speak to us, you want to facilitate friendship. Just as you did with Moses, you want to do with us. So God, as a people, we're making a commitment to slow down and to turn down the voices around us so we can turn up your voice. We want to hear you. God, I pray for those parents right now that are battling maybe in their parenting. God, would you speak to them? Give them wisdom and grace on how to parent the children that you've blessed them with. God, I pray for those in this room that are battling finances right now and they don't know, what, what bill do I pay? I don't even know, how do I, how do, I do this? How do we, God, we just remind them that you're their provider. Those battling relational tensions right now. Would you just whisper to them how much you love them? Maybe it's time for them to ask for forgiveness. I don't know what it is, but God, I know you're speaking. I know one thing that God is speaking in this moment. With your heads bowed right now, for some of you, he's whispering, it's time to come home. It's time to come home. You've been running. You've been living life the way you've wanted to live it. And it's only brought more pain. But God in his loving grace has got you here this morning because once he knows that you, he loves you, he's here for you. He died for you. And he wants a relationship with you. But the way we get a relationship with the Father is John 3.3. 3. No one can come into the kingdom except if they're born again. Not if they go to church or done communion or been baptized, those things are good. That's not what gets us in. What gets us a relationship with God is as simple as ABC. We admit that we're sinners. We believe that Jesus died on the cross. He took our shame, our guilt, and that we confess that he is Lord and Savior of our lives. If you have never done that, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up and say, man, would you pray for me? I, I want that. On the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, hands up, going all the way up. Come on. Nothing to be ashamed of. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you. Now, we're going to pray this all together with you. So repeat this after me. Say, so, dear Father, thank you for sending Jesus to live the life that I couldn't live and dying the death that I deserve to die. You took my shame, my guilt, and my past. Today, I acknowledge you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Cleanse me, forgive me, give me your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.